so uh, welcome to your music is bad and you should feel bad uh, I'm here with Jamie Igneo and today we're gonna talk about the state of gent I guess well we'll, we'll f- we're figuring it out as we go but gent, uh, we we uh, we're trying to figure out what to talk we can't, we got together today to gent and we're also doing a podcast but mainly we got together to gent and before we gent <laughs> we're gonna do this podcast <laughs> so we might as well make it about gent uh, and well, and also because uh, uh, here's well, here's what just happened. So we were like trying to come up with a topic, and Jamie's like, "How oh, Gent is dying," and I'm like, "Well, I think it's it's changing," and I sort of get. So let's let's address that. So I think what's happening is you're we're starting to see the second like wave of Gent, which is um, bands that aren't straight up Gent bands, but they're still used. Like like I've seen uh, a bunch of prog bands have gone kind of gent like gent adjacent and then there's some other new bands that are gent adjacent basically that's the new wave is gent adjacent is the new thing it's like it's a gentrifies first track gent adjacent although it could be it's a it's gonna be a track (laughs) um i don't know if the first one's gonna be that or gentrification because i'm still figuring out the lyrics on that one or oh well here i'll talk about this on the i was just about to tell you about this um i'm like re uh reinvigorated is that the word like uh like my desire to make that alex jones track where the all the the vocals are samples of alex jones and part of that is um uh so like he made a bunch of statements about his statements about uh charlottesville were so bad i have not and i don't think i can basically he said that they were not only were is that same like you know oh they're like paid actors not uh, not real Nazis but but he also implied they were Jew like paid Jewish actors like they were a bunch of Jews <laughs> pretending to be Nazis so um, here's what's funny though my original when we were coming up with g- gentrified song titles that all have to have a j in it right yeah and I was trying to come up with one for Alex Jones and my first thought was Alex Jones Jewish agenda. But I thought it might be misconstrued as like actual like like his kind of shit. Right. But now I'm like now that he's he did that and yeah. that was like a real like doubling down on anti-Semitism. I feel like I should use that and then I can just and it'll be more clear that that's kind of. But I might still do. Uh, I'm I'm still not sure exactly because like well I want to use probably some of that. But I, I, I've I've already got a line for like the best breakdown. So do you recall the one I think that. Stephen Colbert had like hit on this because it was one of the funniest parts where he says and this is like you just hear the crash of like the China and then he says I dress as a Satanist to take the power away (laughs) I wear this Rolex and a suit to dress like a Satanist to take back the image oh that is a good one you're right and then the break yes well here's what I gotta do because I realized I gotta I wanted to just make it a song, but it's that's stupid. It has to be a video, so yeah. I got, that means I also have to learn to do the whole. Like I could a- edit the audio samples in like nobody's business, but it's a whole extra step to do the the same thing with video, which I know how to do it. I've just never done it before mm-hmm. with that kind of detail. So do you have to give a lot of credits and stuff for taking segments of things. No, uh, that you just because it's for parody. Well, yeah, and you just kind of. Also hope nobody... I, mean, I don't know. It de- that depends. It depends if you make money on it and stuff like that. Come on. Wouldn't you uh, frame a cease and desist letter from Alex Jones? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and even then, I don't think he can... I like it, it, it basically would come down to, like, you might have to pay a... Uh, oh, my God. I'm totally blanking. Uh, the, the compulsory sample license for sampling him, basically. Mm. 
but it's also kind of nebulous because, you know, it's like he's on YouTube and stuff. I don't know. There's a lot of I don't know. The point is, I'm not going to worry about it because I'm pretty sure yeah. that like uh, it's it, it's it come, it's one of those. Um, if that is a problem, it means that it has done well. Could right. You, right. Like, yeah. So if I get have any issues, that means like, <laughs> fu- fuck it. I'm going to worry about that when it happens. Yeah. Right. And be like, well, couldn't we, couldn't we get somebody? I mean, having the samples is the best thing. Who do we know that looks like Alex Jones or we could quasi dress up as Alex Jones? Or who well, could we pay 50 bucks to, to do that? Yeah. Well, I was going to do it. You know, we're going we're gonna to do this music wars thing. And I wanted to kind of do like a <laughs> potentially a full kind of, impression type deal but the subliminal messages in harry styles music (laughs) (laughs) he is trying to push the agenda um yeah so well i uh anyway so uh but i'm just gonna make a song first and then edit the video which will also include his his vocals over it and that that should be pretty easy to put together i think he could have been you know had a career and not been a nutter, like, kind of like Henry Rollins. Not character-wise, not comparing Alex Jones to Henry Rollins. <laughs> Precursor, putting that out there. Just if he was, like, a, a, a post-hardcore, you know, kind of vocalist, I think he would have done really well. Oh, yeah, because he's got that grit in his voice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and which has got just gotten more over the years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, what was it he said? I'm a red-blooded American! I bleed. I am angry. I <laughs> yeah. make babies. Well, so maybe you can help me with this because I—that's the biggest challenge. Is I have to like figure out. I got some of the. Well, I got some of the audio. I started getting collecting audio clips, but now I realize I really have to just go and rip the videos and actually use them. Right. Because there's so many people already doing similar things. Uh-huh. Somebody did like if Alex Jones did like a Bonnie Vare type song, and like it's a song, and then they auto tuned him. To be singing, but mm. quotes, but auto-tuned. Now I'm not going to auto-tune shit because it's no. going to be like and him just yelling because it's it's there already, right? You don't have to do anything else. Yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, I got to collect. I got to figure out what to use and then collect a lot of it. I just got to sit down and like watch a bunch of YouTube and be ready to like right. rip the videos and shit. I think you have to give yourself a break at the end of the day after watching that. Oh yeah, well no, it's going to be like a whole speci- like yeah, just a few hours of just. Well, that's why I haven't done it yet. I did a little bit, that's like but I can lo- only handle so much is the problem. Yeah, that's like the lost, the lost file of 1985. <laughs> well, and I kind of want to find some unique... Because the thing is, I know there's got to be some unique gems that haven't made the rounds. Or, you know, there's certain clips. Um, some of the best ones, honestly, have been... Inst- like, like my favorite, you know, the they're... I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Yeah, right. You know, that's one of my favorites. That's a classic well, one. Well, that and I want to go to space. <laughs> Did best. you see him on the Joe Rogan oh, yeah. podcast? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got this is high. just tobacco, right? I didn't inhale. Like, yeah. I don't think you yeah. need it, man. I, you're, you're already there. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I thought that was very As L- long as you got the breakdown I, I, where he's like, well, I wear a Rolex and I dress yes. as a Satanist. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, I'm trying to think of other ones. Uh, God, he's a nutter. He's an absolute nutter. But that'll definitely be a gentrified song, and so that's why I, I'm I trying do to a figure really out good Gilbert Godfrey. That'd be a good gentrification. <laughs> yeah, well, well, like literally. Okay, so uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna go back uh, with recent events. I'm probably gonna go back to calling that one Alex Jones Jewish Agenda. Oh my God. Um, and 
there's the gentrification, and then all the other like possible ones have like a as all the key is it has to have a j sound in it that we can turn into a DJ, and the actual like song title. Right. Um, when we did the um, Veterans Day parade, mm. Jeff. Um, let's just call him Jeff Buckley. Um, that's not his name. But he was like, oh, you know, you need a, a a band name for the group that you're putting up on the, the parade. And I was like, uh, it's a mishmash of musicians that, like, we don't always use. So, you know, we got to come up with a name. And then Marcel said, what about the, the Jeff Tones? But we specifically called it the De Jeff Tones, <laughs> not the Jeff Tones. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why? <laughs> uh, and we're like, there's a genre called gent. He's like, but why the Jeff tones? I'm like, we really shouldn't explain it to you because it just won't be funny. So we were, I don't know, whatever like military forums we were up on as the the Jeff tones. (laughs) I thought that was the best name ever. Can't have that one for this one. (laughs) That is awesome. Well, so so here's how I feel about Gent currently. Because, yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, it's over or it's done. And I think it's just begun because... Yeah, the first wave of, like, there's a lot of really interchangeable bands in the first wave of Gent. I actually, actually, the other day, when YouTube was suggesting one of these, like, themed playlists, it offered me a Gent playlist. It was, like, 50 music videos, mm. Gent-themed, and so I just let it run for a while, mm. and I, heard, I, I saw some things I hadn't seen before, but none worth, like, listening to again. Right. And then a few that I had heard of, but I didn't really know their stuff. And then I was like, oh, I haven't actually heard them. Oh, now I don't need to again. Like, cause it, cause it's like, oh, that, like there's one band called Intervals that was kind of, like I've heard of, but I didn't know if they stood out. They don't stand out at all, is my point. Is mm-hmm. that most of these that either don't stand out or there's also, oh, so here's another, that reminds me. So here's one of the, the offshoots of Gent mm-hmm. is sort of the, uh, the sort of um, Gent adjacent, it's sort of shred except that half the time it's not shred like it's basically a like a cross between like satriani and gent like like polyphia is a good example they used to actually have more gent in their music mm. and then they just stuck with like the satriani like like instrumental guitar songs and like and also they used to have all kinds of shred and then they were just like you know what let's keep it simple or something like i don't know they just got really simple except for the solos yeah. but the main like melodies are super simple uh, and kind of sing-songy, but with, like, kind they always just miss on the phrasing. Like, they always just miss making an effective melody, in my opinion, by, like, right. a few notes. Either not enough notes to turn it into a melody, or it's too many notes, they didn't put any rests in. So, there's, again, there's no phrasing, and so it doesn't turn into, like, a melody. Anyway, uh, so there's a bunch of bands like that, and then, when, and then they do solos, and it's all just, like, shred. And, like, they basically all... They all sound like they they uh, have been listening to John Petrucci, but again, well, Petrucci is God, right? Is that it? But like with no with like bad phrasing and like n- no structure, just like you know, just like whittly whittly kind of. Who would you say, and not based on personal opinion, mm-hmm. but um, educated guess facts? Um, oxymoron there are the top five gent bands. And I mean, f- 
from as early back as the birth of the the genre. Well, yeah, I would, wise. right. I would always include Mashuga. Right. Um, well, I mean, in terms of like popularizing it, or in terms of being actually best, like. Yeah. Yeah, I, popularizing, popularizing. Right, because I, I like so little. I like, I mean, it's okay. Like, there's a lot of it's okay. Like, like there's a few Animals and Leaders tracks that I think are all right, but, like, I don't spend a lot of time listening. Like, I've listened to them a bit and been like, oh, that's cool, and then I kind of just, like, don't go back and listen. Yeah, I, and never, then, I never got their first album. I like the, the Joy of Motion. Yeah, that one has some cool stuff on it, but it's, like, it's kind of all the same thing. It's, um, uh, and, uh, well, not exactly the same thing, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. And... So okay, so I would say yeah. So it's like Meshuga, Periphery, Animals as Leaders, uh, Tesseract. Yes. Um, those are the big ones. There's a few others. Those are the big ones that have stuck around and pretty much. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Monuments is still around, but they're like, like a tier they down dwindled. in terms of quality. Yeah. They also they suck. That's why. Like they. I've tried listening to their live <sighs> stuff and I couldn't get it. And I don't know if it's if because honestly I've I've listened to a lot of the different live performances i always go for live performances on youtube as mm. well as like you know educate myself and just for recreation listening to tracks but monuments i remember the first track i heard i was like wow really enjoying this and then the mix of the drums just dwarfed my headset hmm. for the entire album and and the guitar was so thin mm, yeah and and then i watched a live video of them people were you know i We've all played in front of crowds before, and some crowds just suck. Mm. But a lot of them were just not digging on it, and you could hardly hear the guitar sound. And mm. that bass player is awesome. Yeah, he really is awesome. But the guitar player, no, I'm not shitting on his, you know, uh, skill level or you know yeah. whatever he's writing. It just it wasn't. Um, you could hardly hear it, and so I tried to listen to more and more live shows to see. Oh, like oh, I bet it's just a bad venue or a bad mix going to the board that they put on this video. And it was just the consistency. It was like you couldn't. I don't know. It just wasn't a good sound. Yeah. Well, yeah. They they're one of those bands that definitely their tone is too genty, right? Yeah. So like it gents, but that's all it does. Yeah. And then everything else is kind of harsh or thin sounding, and yeah, that's a that's an issue. But um, well, those are those are the top four then, and then you gave monuments a tear down. That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, what, I, what about? Um, oh, uh, the contortionist is pretty good. Heard about them, not got into them. Um, yeah, haven't tried. And yeah, so that's like the first wave kind of. There's a few others, but um, but so now, uh, as far as, and I feel like there were a bunch more that totally fell off and kind of disappeared because they were crap to begin with, and whatever. But, like, Monuments is an example of, like, like the first time I heard them, I thought there was something interesting going on. And yeah. then it's been less interesting every time I've heard them. Mm -hmm. And now when I hear them, I'm like, what was the interesting part? Because they're so just, like, like, straight ahead, really just, like, and, like, poor writing. Like, the the bad writing is a recurring thing. Like, we, uh, when we went to see Tesseract recently, the whole joke we have about Tesseract is that all their songs start, like, they don't have intros or outros to anything every every song starts and ends abruptly and you're like oh oh it's oh it's oh it's over and then the next song starts and you're like is this is this a different song <laughs> yeah. or is it the same i'm not sure uh, and like the sh even the, when the show started we were it was just like 
or something, and you were just yeah. like, "Oh, it's oh, we're start, we're just start, we're starting." Okay, we're well, just you, right into it. You gave me that. You handed it was the first time I played your Strandberg, and um, and I think I forget which Tesseract song I played. My Strandberg is for sale if anybody is looking <laughs> for a really nice eight string. By the way, because <laughs> to gentle, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, whatever the bloody rhythm is that's the yeah that's the yeah. one good song right um and i th- <laughs> i feel like specifically tesseract not mashuga at all not so much periphery mm-hmm. tesseract is the purveyor of your phrase i feel like gent is two-thirds too long mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah well yeah because they'll just repeat parts forever and you're like uh, I mean, I, and again, I guess that's uh, to some of their audience. I'm sure, especially nowadays, there's a lot of styles of music where it's just like, give me the thing I like and mm-hmm. then repeat it, so I can like dance or whatever. You know, dance music it makes sense that stuff repeats yeah. forever because it's just dance to this or hold it back for a little bit but then bring it back, right? Just, just so you can. So I kind of see how like some gent is like it's really all about the groove and about the genting, and so some bands are like that's all we need. And their fans are like, yeah, I don't care if there's any songs. It's just like, just fucking, just fucking jet. Like, fucking jet. Shut yeah. up and jet. Yeah. The, I, uh, um, it was cool to see, like, Periphery go through the transformation of, um, I remember when you, it was you that talked to me about them. You're like, I don't know, check this band out. And this was back when two was out and then they were doing those little weird tracks where it's like each of us will individually oh, yeah, write yeah. our own one and it was like and they're all and they all suck and i mean it's the same thing that happened to everyone you know like icarus lives is the first thing you hear and you're like this is what jen is or you hear mashuga's mm-hmm. what is it um mm-hmm. that one song bleed bleed probably. right and everyone's like there you go this is the birth of jen and then you hear icarus lives and then you're done you're like okay now i know what jen is i really like this um but they had that first album where, you know, I suppose Spencer Satello hadn't found his place and he came in. They'd already written the songs that were like, just write lyrics to it. And that sucks. And yeah. you're just like, shut up, just gent. Yeah. But then they got the second album, which was great. Then they did that idiotic thing. And then they progressed into the Periphery 3, where they finally had learned how to like, here are three songs that are just beyond brutal. Here's one that is pop sensible with great Awesome melodies. By Miracle. the way, mm-hmm. did you hear that uh, Nolly left? I'm not surprised. Well, here's so the did fu- Steve Bannon. What? No. Well, yeah. Well, here's what's <laughs> funny about it is um is like they used Nolly, didn't they? Well, yeah. Well, here's the thing. God. I think they he I think he basically joined the band. To, I don't know if this is on purpose, right? But it seems like they added him to the band just to produce them. And at the yeah. same time, he picked up because I just learned this like a week or two ago that he didn't play bass before he joined the band. He He's picked up player. the bass yeah. just to be because they needed a bass player. Yeah, and that's funny, but not surprising because it explains why they don't have any good bass lines because they don't have a real bass player. The third album, they they like they uh, outlined it like it, the mix was a lot better. Oh you yeah, could hear, yeah, but it but was it's, there's still a lot album. of like. Let's just, you know, again, let's either let's match the low note and and sometimes you got to do that. But it changed like when you hear prayer position 
or like uh, I forget what the other one is, where it literally starts off with a bass, mm. and it is the most genty like. <laughs> well, I was. And you're oh my god, that's a bass. Well, the reason wow. I learned the reason I learned that at all is because I was trying to read up about his basses, and I was trying to figure out if like at if at any point I cared about getting like uh like like a really crazy scale bass for like super genty like because like if you turn the trick is you either you don't really you don't tune down to match the low string on an eight string unless you're crazy I mean occasionally they do but it's crazy you'll just go up in the octave and match pitch yeah you go up the octave or sometimes you know you like um. If they're using a five string, like you know, you have the low because you're not always it's playing on the low F sharp. Wonderful blend, though, isn't it? Yeah, like, instead of it's ju- interesting. Down. It's really because I've been thinking about it because I got the, I got a five string bass, um, but it's a it's a standard scale, so I knew it wasn't going to necessarily be able to go too low. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't going to pr- approach it that way because yeah, I, I looked I looked into I was looking at all the tunings too because I was uh, um, because uh, I was trying to figure out for like seven string tunings. And, you know, and just stuff that gent ba- other gent bands had used, especially for gentrified, because it's partially like a pseudo let me intentionally see what gent bands do yeah. and copy it, but then mess with it kind of thing. Right. So I was looking at like peripheries tunings, which is really interesting because like it took me a long time for this to sink in, but they don't use eight strings that much. Mm. It's just that Misha bought a bunch of them. And so there's there were a lot of. Like for a long time, there's a lot of photos of Misha with different eight strings. But then you actually look at the tunings on the albums, and you're like, "There's two songs with an eight string." Well, I mean, a lot of the times, um, Misha would be the one with the with the extended ranges, and uh, Mark Holcomb, um, um, Jake Bowen or Bowen mm-hmm. would not go beyond seven, uh, and Mark would still be on a down tune six. Yeah, PRS. Yeah. But then eventually, I don't know if he got a. I they mean, have, obviously they at least all knows. have sevens now. Well, they. Me, me, I've seen Mark with an eight-string PRS now. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah, for a for a while. But um, fuck PRS. What? No, that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, people mm-hmm. people love PRS. Oh man! If I, there's a comment section on this, just watch people go off on me. Um, <laughs> please send your eight mails. Well, uh, <laughs> this one's gonna be. I mean, it depends where you're you're listening or viewing it. Um. But mostly, you should uh, comment at us on Facebook or YouTube, probably. That's the way to go. And Let us know how wrong we are. Pickups. <laughs> and all, yeah. Um, uh, there's I'm no kinda, cameras. In I've, I've, uh, I may have finished exploring bare knuckle pickups. Like I've tried enough of them, and really? I kind of know. Well. The problem is, um, they're they're good pickups, but like they're more extreme pickups get tend to get too extreme and i don't necessarily like i've tried some that i that weren't as good as i thought and or or they they can only make one sound is the issue and i think that's any extreme pickup you get that issue sounds like an emg Um, problem kind of well that's the well even yeah because even with passive pickups if you if you get that like you know like i can't stand the aftermaths um Mm -hmm. basically i've started to identify gent pickups like any pickup that immediately makes you sound like gent with the exception of the Lundgren, the M six seven eight, but all the other Gent pickups, they will immediately make you sound like Gent. But then, like that's all you can sound like, and you can't really get uh, a lot of 
more more range than that you know like you start mm-hmm. playing radio stuff you're like why does it sound so thin you know yeah. like um i don't know uh anyway well so d- to go back to something there you you had found out that nolly had left and that was because he oh, yeah. i've seen like a bunch of youtube videos and he wasn't I there i haven't looked much into it but um well, my whole thing was that you would see a bunch of the shows where he's not even playing anyway so they're playing i, I, I found it i found i was watching a video just the other day on youtube where they played a show without him or spencer because spencer got sick oh right i posted it even because i was like because they were like there's good news and bad news i posted and i was like there's yes. good news and good news so we're gonna keep playing <laughs> right, the good news is we're gonna play the good news is also that our singer's not here and jake was like getting and furious our- he was like you guys gotta help us sing no 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 start again we're gonna this isn't a band like you're not you can't axel rose and be like stop when you have to right. turn to matt halpern and be like hey quit the track and he's like mother <laughs> like, right. we start the <laughs> click track like yeah. uh so i do you know how many times i have to do this you know you have to hear like the whole thing they start doing in hardcore and, and metalcore like 10 years ago where you hear the whenever i speak the bodies hit the floor like the the whole like <laughs> yeah. track thing from a movie or whatever quote um anyhow you nolly i think nolly had worked with i did he work with sixth I feel like they would get That's more possible. if, like, some bands are just not meant to be in the country that they're they're in, mm. you know. And sixth, I found out who they were, and I heard uh, Bland Street Boom and Scent of the Obscene, like two of their hit tracks from two separate albums, ten years ago. I was in high school and a dude made me these two like mix CDs. I'm like, oh cool, I love these. Always getting to new people, and and he was trying to appealed to me by putting a bunch of British bands on there. Um, uh, Red Witch or something? I like Red, Red Fang. Gatos. Not Red Fang. Oh, no. Okay. no. Um, but anyhow, I'd heard Sixth and I was like, wow, this is cool. And he's like, yeah, it's that math rock, dude. I'm like, sure. And then Gent became prominent. Yeah. And then Sixth were like, hey. I'm so glad we're math back. rock is not a term anymore yeah. because, <laughs> first of all, most of it was metal, right? Yeah. yeah. And they're. Like there was already terms like tech, tech death and shit like that. I don't yeah, know. and so like it's like genty death. Core. Like the only band that kinda sort of fits that, that really made sense was like maybe Dillinger Escape Plan because they're a little more like hardcore rocky than yes. metal. But and they're they still would take, they would take pop aspects. But I mean, the majority of them are jazz musicians, right? Yeah, and. It's, I love it's, that. Oh no, it's very great. It's, it's great. It's just that, like, to call it like math, ro- like, like I've heard people call Meshuggah math rock, and it's like rock. Do you hear this and do you think that's some rock and roll? Like, no, it's fucking metal. These guys like, did really good in math school. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I've always been like, yeah, it's that's always been a like, what the fuck is math rock? Yeah, and you find out you're like, I don't think those things are what you think they are. <laughs> um, did you ever? Uh, shit, no brain fart. It's gone. No. All right, I can go to my second point. Oh, no, no. So I tried to give Meshuggah the fifth chance. Mm-hmm. And it was while lying in bed next to Ashley at like 11 a.m. I don't know if that's the best. <laughs> All right, let me know. Let, tell me how this goes. I don't. I just put headphones on. Yeah. And oh, with headphones. I thought you were just yeah, like. Yeah, it's Ashley. She doesn't want to hear it. <laughs> I was going to say, you're lying in bed at 11 a.m. You're like, know that let me put on Meshuggah. My fiance is awesome. We play video games, like, you know, love some of the same bands. She does not like anything metal. Um... Unless it's, you know, there isn't a lot of screaming or growling in it. Mm. Anyhow, so I went back through Spotify's catalog, was shocked to find Meshuggah from, oh, like, get, the yeah, late yeah. 80s. 
they've been around a long time. And you could, they were starting that. Let's let's just start fucking around with math roll. They were really, really. Um, you could see where they were separating from thrash metal in the Metallica. Right. Um, uh, who was the other t- uh, Testament? They were like slowly fading away from right, them yeah, and yeah. Slayer. Exactly. They started and off very thrashy, mm-hmm. and then yeah. Like, um, it's like standard E-Tune guitars and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, so like a really good uh, a good track to check out from their earlier stuff that they still play is um, Future Breed Machine, which is uh, the one that, if you hear it, you'll recognize. It starts off with this little weird like kind of sound. Yeah. And and then it follows with like... You know, like all the like crazy syncopation comes in over that... You know, so... Uh, but it's it's not yeah it's not super low I'm and so what, what happened is mm-hmm. they started they a lot of their earlier stuff was more like that a lot more yeah. like um super fast like so like you know uh and later on when sort of gent really became a thing is is like after they learned they could kind of slow down and chill out and do more of the kind of like not quite doomy but like doom with like polyrhythms kind of thing but you saw the more heavy like you know right kind of. well they came, they came to like uh 2000 is when it really changed and i think that's like after the whole i'm just shooting the shit here but like after 2000 i think that after hearing not so much the departure of metallica um but i'm assuming that metallica wrote saying anger and they got really angry <laughs> <laughs> well i you know what's funny is i it's think like they took stuff from like new metal and stuff didn't they yeah well you're kind of well here's the thing so like you're kind of right on the money because the, the 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 big turning point album i think for them was nothing and that came out that's 2004 or 2006 right? 2002 oh so okay. you were right you were right there yeah and that's i think the first one um they definitely took some, like low tune guitar like well that was you the know that was actually wait let me see if i, I don't want to get this wrong i think because um, Rich knows this shit really well, so if so I get some <laughs> details wrong, we'll we'll be in trouble. Or like you've like again, I'm talking about like he's said all these things on other episodes. He'll be like but, that Scottish guy um, with his 18th note. <laughs> but like nothing is the one that he always cites as like their their seminal. Like they really nailed it. Uh-huh. And I think either that one or the f- uh, let's see, because it's some right around then. It might be the one right after that is where they they was tuned. They were using tuned down sevens. And then they were like, we need something better for this. And so then they got the eights made. Yeah. So they basically got, I mean, there were other eight, nine, ten crazy weird guitars made. But it was like, like the first eight string ever made. Yeah. But the modern idea of the eight string, they had made for Meshuggah. Like they had it made. And so that was what started. And then people played that eight string. Mm-hmm. Just like when um, the first seven string uh, as we think of them now, was Steve Vai. The universe. universe right. Did I, small digression. Did I tell you, there's a student I taught, kid didn't give a crap. Uh, he was playing his dad's six-string Vai guitar, Ooh. and he had the seven-string universe. Oh, nice. And it's when you look and you're like, you worked hard. You deserve that guitar that you've got that you don't play that sits there in a case that is amazing oh, that I want. His what? dad brought it out for is me it like one an, time. Like a '90s one, like one of the original ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, with, with it's like the green. If he ever wants to sell pink. it, you should talk to Rich because Rich. <laughs> oh, he would want it. Well, no, Rich. Well, he has this. He specifically collects uh, early universes because there's a bridge that they put on them, like a seven-string, one of the early edge trims, and it's like that's the one he wants mm. but they just made it for like a year or two so he actually he find he buys those guitars 
and then takes the bridge off and puts them on guitars. <laughs> oh my and the, god! And then re, and then resells the guitar because nobody gives a shit. But he's I like, "This is the bridge that yeah. I want. This is the one that." That's I, I don't know <laughs> if that guy would ever sell it, and if he did, he probably want a, a an unscrupulous amount. Yeah. Of money. Well, no, it sounds like he's the kind of guy who actually is like, you know, jerks off to it once in a while. It's like, well, oh, you know, yeah, I haven't I been in, in <laughs> universe. <laughs> Um, it's so sad because I know his, I, I, I've seen his whole family and it's kind of hard <laughs> to hear that. Oh, so, uh, well, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he does it in a very respectful way when, no, when everyone's asleep. Uh, well, you know what really sucked? And this is a nerd teaching point before we get back to Meshuga. Right. Um, <laughs> this episode brought to you by Meshuga. Um, it's calorie free. Yeah. Uh, he got his son to play the six-string Vi one, and obviously, duh, it's a Floyd. And it wasn't set up right, and I don't set up Floyd guitars. Mm. So I said to him, like, on the first lesson, I was like, I can't tighten up the bridge anymore to put this guitar in tune. So I have to put it to a relative tuning and down-tune my acoustic to match. <laughs> you got to get this set up, mm. you know? And the amplifier we used was the MS2 Mini Marshall <laughs> with a peg nose. And I'm like, oh, we're in the Upper West Side in these gorgeous apartments where the rent is like five times what <laughs> mine is. And you just really can't be arse taking this in to get it set up. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyhow, Meshuga, giving it the fifth lesson. And I think it was around there. Like, even in the late 2000s, they were already pulling out Meshuga's greatest hits, I think, on Spotify. Because mm. it was doing the Spotify run. The two things I told you I did not like about Meshuggah, mm-hmm. um, I think it was awesome. I will never forget this comment from you. We'd gotten so far into a bottle of something, and you were like, that's what heavy is, Jamie. It's the anticipation <laughs> of the beat, the one, and and syncopation. And, and I'm just sitting back there like, okay, sorry, fuck. <laughs> I go back in an episode, it's back there. I'm sure really. it is. I don't remember what it is, but I, I remember the overall feeling of like that conversation. But yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. Anyhow, um, I, told, I think the two things I said were the guitar tone sounds like a piano string, like you're beating mm. the shit out of a taut piano string. Yeah. And I don't like it. That's funny because that's how Nolly describes his bass tone yeah. uh, with the crazy long scale basses. It like, I like that. Well, here's the thing. The thing with Meshuggah you got also got to remember is that up until recently, like uh, like some of the older stuff, the tone I don't think is that great. Uh, they had to develop it because, A, again, they had to invent the guitars, you know, get them made to the proper scale and everything, and then get the... the I think they had the pickups by nothing, um, but... They were using Line 6 shit for the longest time and EQing well, the fuck out of so it. So that was when people got really excited about the latest Mesa rectifiers, right? The triple Well, ones? no, they, they were using Line 6 stuff, and then they were one of the first big Axe FX guys. Okay. So that was the thing. They switched to Axe FX. Um, so they were super digital for the longest time. Their newest album, the, the interesting thing about the newest album, which I definitely recommend checking Colossus? out. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, the Violent Sleep of Reason is the newest one and the newest one was recorded a through real amps they just recorded he he ran into like five or six different amps they just recorded all of them and then mixed like different amounts in each track that's really cool yeah and they recorded it all like um sort of you know live in the studio so drums bass guitar kind of you know uh together Mm -hmm. and so it has that's hard when you play this kind of music 
it sounds like well here's the tr it sounds like they it sounds more like they sound live which is really the crazy thing with Meshuga is like next time they actually come through to like New York City I want to like make you go to the show because I'll, I'll that is them. the trick with Meshuga is like they're all right on they're good on the albums but like when you hear it live it's it's a crazy experience because and Rich has a good explanation for this which kind of also relates to the stuff that he did mm -hmm. like in music school as far as how it makes you like the, the how that kind of sound makes you feel and how it actually affects you um, and that's part of it but it's that live they're doing this thing that is so complex but it's live so it still has that human feel to it but it's really tight still but the albums up until this newest one you know they do differently each time but they were doing a lot of like studio stuff to make it all happen and like like Coloss or yeah Coloss is like shoot me he's gonna be listening to this like fuck Jamie for calling it Colossus no no it makes sense because it's not a real word um, <laughs> and and there's a track <laughs> called you. I am Colossus on it it's very yeah, confusing that's right um, that's like the first track yeah yeah and it's the that like turn turn yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, that album is kind of the opposite. It's very clean and tight. Yeah. Right? So the point is they did a lot less of like the super clean editing and stuff on the new one. So it, it sounds and feels more live, which is the, which is uh, a better, exp it's closer to the experience of seeing, of hearing them live. This which is, is really cool. I love this explanation because it does make me, you know, I know I'll finish in a second, like explaining mm -hmm. what I what I'd learned and you know what I came by by listening to. Mm -hmm. But that makes so much sense to me. I mean, it's it's as simple as one of my opera um, uh, teachers uh, at one point had said, "Look, I'd said, you know, is that tone really okay?" And I don't know if it was a difference in teaching method, but it was still a fantastic teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just like my first maestro was. And she said, yes, yes, no, it's great. And I'm like, I didn't feel weird. And she said, look, when you're teaching guitar and other instruments, when you teach someone the proper technique, give me an example. I said, alternate picking. And, and she's like, well, what do you mean? I said, when you're doing down picking in a chromatic exercise in the beginning and I start to teach someone alternate picking, um, the, they, don't, they can't play the exercise as fast as they could with down picking. And she said to me, okay, right, good. That's because they haven't developed the muscle memory. I'm like, yes. So she's like, it's more efficient and it is better or it will be better than how fast they can play it with the down picking. Mm. When you record your voicemail and you listen back, what do you say? And I'm like, oh, is that what I sound like? She's like, right, I can hear you and you sound good and your tone is like this. Take your phone out and record yourself. You hear that mistake that you're talking about? It's because you've not developed the muscle memory for the position you're singing in for that to be good. Mm. And we went further in different lessons and talking about recording and how, you know, she said, do you remember old albums where you would hear the drum and the bass and the left ear and the guitar and the right? And then you'd hear a mix of the vocals going. And for trippy 60s music, you'd hear Jimi Hendrix voice going left and right, left and right. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's their equivalent of a phaser, <laughs> right? <laughs> you just pick, can you just picture them in the studio with like the pan knob like, yeah. oh, it's so <laughs> trippy, man. Oh, it's blowing my mind. Dude, come on. With enough acid, I'm sure it oh, was yeah. blowing well, But mind. now the point is that now you can program it to like, Bounce back and yeah. forth and all kinds of shit, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even gonna start shitting on myself and how I don't know enough <laughs> about DAWs. But um, so long story short, I really like your explanation of that, and I will 
even when I tell you what I got to in my conclusion mm-hmm. of Meshuggah, I, w- I will. I would love to come see them because I can't think of an example. This would be the first time I go out and I see a group and it's changed my mind about their, yeah, their well, thing. Yeah, I, 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 what I think of them, sorry. I still, like, I don't, I still don't spend a ton of time listening to Meshuggah. You know what I mean? Like, but I listen a to a ton them. of bands that you like, I'm sure. Right. Just like I, me, that you my love, listening, you don't listen My listening time. habits are weird now in general. Yeah. And also it's because I don't need to listen to something as many times to kind of absorb more of it these days. Yeah. Um, we both endorse but, listening to the My Dick album. Uh, go on Google <laughs> yes. and please look up the My Dick album. <laughs> you will absorb it so fast. Uh, it is. You will really absorb my dick. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but like Meshuggah, yeah, it's one of those things where like if you have any, if uh, like, I'm trying like, so you go to a metal show. Yeah. If you like, like, like metal is a good example of, I've always felt metal is a very binary thing. If you don't, like either you kind of have the taste for it or you don't or you're able to get into it or you're not and it's like and so because of that mm. when you have music that has metal in it people label it as metal right you can have like people that don't normally listen right, to it you mean you can well, or like yeah or anybody you can have like you know a song that's like 3 quarters like soft ambient stuff but if there's a quarter of it is fucking you know you're a metal band right you can't be like a folk band that plays a little bit of metal. Nope. You're then you're like folk metal. Well, the right? closest thing is like Bad Brains, right? Or no, mm. Fishbone, Fishbone. Sorry. Mm. Yeah. And I've never listened to Fishbone, but that's all I hear is all oh, they did lots of different genres. Right. So, uh, so similar to that is like people who like metal. Usually, part of it is there's a certain they 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 have an um, a, emotional response to the you know, the um, the timbres and the sort of, uh, you know, the heaviness, the aggression, and stuff like that. And so when you go to a metal show, that's what a lot of people go to metal shows for, right? That's why there's moshing, right? That's a way of expressing that feeling, right? It's people are like, yeah, metal, uh, you know? And like, Meshuggah is like the best version of, like, like, I prefer bands with, you know, some clean vocals. I like vocal melodies. I like singing. And, but I Meshuggah, was shocked when I met you and we we'd known each other for a while and then you told me this. I, rem- yeah. I remember this. But Mashuga is like, uh, it's it, it it doesn't matter. It's just such a good. It's such a cool experience seeing them because yeah. it's such a like um, this last time we saw them. You know, I went we went to I went with uh, Eric and Rich to uh, it was near DC. It was in Maryland. Uh, to see Meshuggah and Megadeth. Right. And it was partially because I hadn't seen Megadeth in a while and I thought it was due, but also it was like, really can't hurt to see Meshuggah. It's just been, uh, I didn't start seeing him regularly until I was in New York at least because I didn't really, I, you know, I've heard of them over the years because I always kept up on metal stuff, um, but I never spent a lot of time listening to them until mm. I was kind of in New York and I started actually, probably not until I saw them live and then I was like, oh, fuck, I get, oh, shit, I gotta <laughs> listen to this. You know, because it's so, it's that's what it's about. It's about, a, it's a very intense experience um, and also if you like music with complexity to it, there's so much in there, but it's not, but it's like, again, it's always got this groove to it, right? So, I don't know, it's just... I'll make I'll make a point next time they come through to yeah. to hit you up because it's it'll it'll be a good time. The um one of the things here's here's a metal thing, a, l- a lot of people just have prerequisites you know, um to what metal is um, 
for people who specifically don't and do listen to metal um you can hear the air quotes in my voice um when you have someone that doesn't listen to metal and you play let's say you took a Lama god song a Meshuggah song a mastodon song and then a three days grace song a heavy nickelback song and a slipknot song and a corn song People would, and a disturbed song, people would go down the aisle and a Limp Bizkit song. <laughs> Fred Durst! Ladies and gentlemen! And you go down the aisle. Uh, people would just say that's metal, right? Yeah. But, I, you know, if you take, for example, uh, there was a documentary done on corn playing for military troops and their families. And when you hear, I fucking hate you. And you're out live at an outdoor concert. That's going to hit you, you know, in an awesome way. And you can not, people will, it's it's always a younger generation, I find. You become less jaded as you get older, to be honest. You think Mm -hmm. you would become more, but you don't. Where you're not like, oh, it's corn, fuck you, fuck Jonathan Davis, or fuck Monkey and, 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 and Head. But no, if you're outside, like, you know, or they might use the argument, well, met, their troops are grateful for everything. Like, that's also just trolling in kids. Mm. But if you're outdoor, outdoors in, I don't know, the Midwest or in a, on a base, and corn come out and they're like, thank you, you're awesome, whatever, and play a ripping show where they're bleeding and sweating on stage, you know. Yeah, well, you know, I had this literal experience. Cause really? Because I saw corn uh, at, at Heavy Montreal. Oh, okay. And they were headlining, and they were they were playing um, all of their first album. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I never liked Corn, but I was like, after that, I was like, well, I mean, a, I had heard people say like their first album is pretty good, and actually, like, is it, it might be more might be preferable to someone like myself to their later stuff because the later stuff like Skrillex. Um. Yeah. Well, like yeah. the later stuff, I. Uh, you know, yeah, it, it's it, the, the really popular stuff. Is, the more well-known stuff is a little bit later, and then so it's more likely to be annoyed by that stuff. Of course, and I, and I could see why. I mean, you know, I to be honest, in the last two days, I somehow got back to bands, but mainly because I tuned my Explorer and Standard C mm-hmm. guitar nerd shit, and then I was thinking it's too floppy, the gauges weren't heavy enough, and I just forgot because I hadn't. Uh, extended range mm. now seven string I don't mm. think about I'm gonna down tune my guitar um, and I just wanted something in standard C but I was like shit I'll get heavier gauges and put another guitar in that and then put that up to drop C because it should be in standard D with this gauge um, and I was like just listen to all this old metalcore music that I listened to and when metalcore was a thing from 2000 to 2010 it still is mm-hmm. but when it was prominent you know they had all these subgenres. And and it was like, you know, bless the fall. It was like the scene kids listening to. And the Devil Wears Prada were probably the best thing to come out of that. Um, then they had like, you know, the ones that became came from like Boston Hardcore, like Kill Switch Engage. And then Midwestern groups like August Burns Red and Texas in July. Mm. They were all about the most genty part of metalcore, where it was like, here's a breakdown. But it's not a halftime breakdown necessarily where it focuses on that like halftime aspect of the song. It's like dunk 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 
dunk, and it it wasn't genting because you weren't like mm. using that staccato thing with the one string, right? And so I was like, man, I do really still enjoy this music, mm-hmm. but I haven't heard it in forever, so I can listen to it a little bit now. Probably not going to listen to it for a lot longer, but I want to get back to playing these 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 songs. Mm. And then for some reason, corn popped up. <laughs> And I went and I listened to like Get Up and I was like, oh, it's a good song. I can't listen to it anymore. I stopped after the first listen. But I went back to their first album and listened to like, mm. I don't, just don't want to say the yeah. word. And uh, and like Adidas and Blind mm. and Shoots and Ladders and was like, yay, old stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it felt cool. And it's like that whole kind of wall of oh this shit kind of melted away yeah so uh before i forget so what was the final what was your reaction this time when you listened to mashuga his voice was the second thing other than piano tone of the eight strings because when i first listened to them i didn't listen to any of their old stuff Mm. i it was that's true his his vocal style has changed a little over time too right so it was good to get perspective on how it changed Mm. so i could appreciate it more it also helps to think of his voice as another instrument but i would think of that because you all because it's randy blythe though like or yeah. or taking his style to go to uh when the dude in tesseract finally screams because that new singer that's all he's good at he's not a good mm. singer compared to the younger younger kid mm. pudgier dude um the recorded uh, oh yeah yeah because i remember you took me down a path of that one time we were talking about jen and i was like oh you're like yeah this singer but this guy's more popular and blah 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 blah. Yeah, well, um, I don't know. I, like they, uh, I don't know. I think the guy they have currently, they had before. They did, and then he left to do some other thing, which I think was supposed to be more poppy. And then like Tesseract got bigger, so he came back. Yeah, and then um, they let the other guy go, and the other guy had he was the one that recorded that yeah, popular song. The other guy liked. had better like high range. He did, but it was all he had. He couldn't yeah, he get couldn't, aggressive, and he had a very light voice i mean I saw to him be with honest him that's the sucky thing like yeah you would you would say well let the other guy do harmonies with him mm. and then the harsh vocals yeah. let's call it harsh vocals right because he couldn't do that at like all. i could do that at all. yeah yeah i can't do that shit i i don't wish i could i tried it one I, time i can do that shit now yeah I'll do that shit. <laughs> i'll do that shit i just gotta well he's gotta write the words for the well i gotta just gotta record a that's why i gotta do a gentrified song soon too because i'm just well, itching see, to see, try some thing. of that out i can sing very well and you can do harsh vocals and you can stuff. sing. Mm-hmm. So harmonies, but then I'm all out for the harsh <laughs> vocals <laughs> yeah. and it's all on you. Yeah. But I, again, I, I think that like by the time I'd gotten through like their late 80s shit and all the way through, it was more of a history lesson. So I wasn't mm-hmm. able to truly come to the appreciation point. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you got to find the songs you like is the trick. I, d- I did, but I, I, I found that like one. Every track what was that one? Is it I Am, I Am Colossus is the junk. Yeah, junk, junk. junk. Dun, right, dun, dun, that was cool. Dun, but then he started dun. vocalizing, and then yeah. I was done. I was like, I don't. That's like how you that. do the voice too. You have to make the face. It helps a lot if you make the <laughs> face. That's why I can. I'm so good at making the face because I'm afraid. I know. I've been watching a lot of Phil Anselmo yeah. videos recently. I, I know that. Phil <laughs> Anselmo. Um, uh, oh yeah. Let's not go down there. I think so. The perfect example for me, just as a quick comment, because it's nothing to do mm-hmm. with Jen. Well, the first band that I did like gave the fifth listen to was um, Mastodon. Mastodon, mm. I did not like in the beginning. I I just remember disliking the sound, and then the more and more I got to listen to them, the more and more I was like, I freaking love this. Mm. And uh, moving to New York, 
I got into Macedon more. Um, and it, it strayed from the metalcore bands that either could only do screamy vo- harsh vocals or could only do harsh vocals and then melodies in the one key they were drop tuned to. Mm-hmm. Um, Macedon took it like a step further and I love them. So Tool is a band that I've never been able to do. I've given them like the eighth chance. Oh yeah, I'm not big on Tool. I, I've seen him. Maynard is a good singer. He's I a really saw, good singer. I saw them in 99. Wow. Yeah, I went to Ozfest in 99 and 2000 and I saw uh here okay, let's just take a minute to list all the amazing <laughs> bands I saw in the late 90s, which I didn't think was that big a fucking deal, but in retrospect, it, all of these are a huge fucking deal. Um I saw Tool um and I think this was what I don't even know what album they were touring for. It was pre-Lateralis, I think, or maybe it was for Lateralis. Wait, when did Lateralis come out? It was 2001, maybe? Maybe it was pre-Lateralis. Anyway, I don't know. I didn't know any of their shit. Anyway, I was just like, I guess I should watch Tool. Everyone says um, Tool's good. Oh, wait, no. Megadeth was after Tool. So I was just like, I'm just going to sit through fucking Tool for Megadeth. <laughs> Not only is, so it was Megadeth with Marty Friedman before he left. Yeah. And they hadn't made any, like, really shitty albums yet. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was... I mean, granted, I saw them with Meshuggah recently, and even now... Megadeth is still good live, and uh, partially because Dave always hires good musicians, yeah, even if only for like a few years. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, it was really awesome. Anyway, Tool, Megadeth, um, one of those was like, you know, one of the first Ozzy Black Sabbath reunions, I think in two thousand, um, and which they then did like five more times, which is why every time since I've been like, who gives a shit? Because they're always like, oh my God, Ozzy and Black Sabbath together again for the first time, for the last time again, forever, for the <laughs> last time this time. And I'm like, I don't care. I saw, I saw that shit. And it was, again, it was supposed I'm, to be I'm like really the last time. I'm really glad you're saying that. It was I'm supposed really to be like you're saying that. either the last time or, or like they were trying to imply that it could be well, the last time. I, I have another topic for the next podcast that we'll do together. And Black Sabbath not being monumental to me just like the Beatles. Oh, I can say some some. Uh, I got some hot takes on Black Sabbath. I Aussie specifically, the the band Black Sabbath mm. as a whole. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's me, that's part of my thing. Like, yeah, that's, it's Aussie for me. That's the only problem. Yeah, everything that's not Aussie is better with Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath got so much better after Aussie left, and I like solo Aussie. Aussie got better after but, Black Label Society yeah. became a oh, band. Well, <laughs> it's like oh Zach, you became a band now. Yeah. I like you. <laughs> well. Yeah, so um, I'm getting a lot of message. This is where oh, Zach, yeah. this is where uh, Zach Wild like breaks down the door, and uh, and then we're in trouble. Uh, so I definitely will give Mashuga uh, another uh, shot. Um, because well, and even if you don't like, like, just uh, come to a show because it'll be it'll yeah, be fun as shit. Like Jesus said, one must forgive. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh, oh, that's a, it. Just reminded me of. Um, it's not even related. They're I not, did like Bleed. I finally band. listened to Bleed for the first yeah, time well, the whole way through. Bleed is a and good. It's, it's amazing. It's a safe bet. It's a hit. It's the hit. It's the, it's the hit. hit. Yeah. yeah, they have a few others that are good, good up there too. But that is like the surefire. If you don't like Bleed, you're probably not going to like Mashuga. Yeah, kind of deal. Yeah, but, well, um, it also bears a really good um, memory. Um, for me, when I was in the hospital, like with uh, I just had surgery on the the bad knee injury, mm-hmm. a friend came in and he was like, "Hey, I figured you might need this," and I was surrounded by friends. And he came and I was like, "What's that?" 
and he brings in like a, a beats pill and stuff, and then oh, he nice. hears. And I, I, I want to cry. I'm like, I really did need this. <laughs> Thank you. Nice. Like, yeah. And you just see the nurse like walking by the room, like, what's going on? Is something broken in there? Is there a speaker broken? Like, nah, dude. Um. Yeah. So, uh, well, here's an idea. Like, uh, he, let me let me go over some of the bands that I think are like the the second wave of like gent adjacent. I need to take notes of these Shit. for sure. Um. Okay. So. There's uh, well I I've mentioned before Twelve Foot Ninja, uh they're definitely gent adjacent. Their new album was well, not that new anymore, but it gets even a little more genty because uh they were able. So he had the guy uses all Variax, uh and that's less la- it, <laughs> They don't make extend, extended range. Well, here's the thing: they made him a signature model, and it's uh. a longer scale. I mean, it's still like crazy digital stuff, and uh, I won't go into all the details of it. But they made it a longer scale, so it tracks better. Right. And he uses it in like below eight string tuning. Right. And he, he like he goes down to like D, uh, and uh, it's it's ridiculous, but it kind of works. It's it's different, and you can like I can still hear the line six shit. I can still hear that it's digital, but uh, whatever, I don't care because they write good songs. Mm-hmm. And but the point is, they do get kind of genty on some stuff. Um, but still, their their whole deal is that when they do they do heavy stuff, but when they are doing non heavy stuff, you mm-hmm. know, it's all kinds of different styles of music and stuff too. Were they shreddy, um, pre gent? Like, because they weren't always Jen, obviously. They've well, been no, they for a only while. have two albums. They haven't oh. been around that. No, they're pretty new. Oh. And their first album is, I would say, they're both Jent adjacent. I think the second one is a little more Genty only because he was able to go lower and it sounds better. Specifying Jent adjacent. I did listen to a 12 Foot Ninja one. Oh, oh, and I will remember another thing to talk to you about. Remind me, Devin Townsend, in mm. a second. No edit. Never happened. Nobody, nobody Don't know knows. what you're talking about. Don't know what you're talking about. So, um, uh, 12, 12 Foot Ninja. Ninja. Right. So, you, you were going to explain to me. I was going to ask, are they a gent adjacent? Um, because my little kitten is rolling over <laughs> on his belly right now adorably. Um, no, is it because they uh, have more of that, I suppose, pop element you were talking about with some gent or something like that? Yeah, yeah it's that they're, they're very much, they're very eclectic. It's a lot of... Uh, you know, the sort of prog approach of like mixing a bunch of different styles. The the main guy, uh, uh, Stevic, he I think was like a session guy before he started the band, and so it's like, uh, which is also part of why he used the Line Six stuff. He was using it to you know switch quickly between a lot of different styles of music, and the Variax is supposed to sound like different guitars. Oh, I, I, I you remember? Yeah. Well, um, well, but the you new have one, to set one up. Will you please give me a shout right. out? <laughs> well, the new one though. That's the other thing. I don't. I don't know if they. I don't know. Maybe I mean maybe Sam has just realized that when they buy the Variaxes, they sit there forever. But you'd think they would maybe get one of this one because this one is kind of cool. Like uh, people will buy it mainly uh, if you can ever see a demo of it. It's awesome because he is hilarious demoing it. Like he's. I'm sure I told you about this from 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 Winter Nam. Uh, I went to his demo of his guitar like one and a half times. Because I missed part of it the first time, and I was like, "That was so good! I want to go see it again." Because mm-hmm. he's just a, a fun guy. He, you know, he played a little bit of some of his songs with tracks, but he explains how uh, 
all the stuff works and uh it's gotten a lot better i'm still all about real guitars and shit oh uh, yeah and then but i mean very acts to be perfectly honest became not to make this into a total gearhead podcast but throughout the time we worked at sam ash selling guitars mm. All of the robots, which is like the most barbaric, simplistic thing of that are, you know, not being a natural guitar. Yeah. That was a load of bollocks. Yeah. That tanked beyond belief. <laughs> like, you know, you could buy those cheaper than, I think they, they bottomed out maybe six years ago at six ninety nine, mm. And they would sell them even without the chargers, which don't get us started on this <laughs> yeah. shit. And then they released the Firebird X, and it's the first time I saw the guitars from the Roots come in. And uh, I don't think you were there for that yet, because Ari Mannheimer worked there. Oh, Shout yeah. out to Ari Mannheimer. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, and that was also bullshit. That didn't move. They transferred it out because no one would buy it. Yeah. Um, and then the Variacs is the, 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 the tech guys, like the reps or whatever came in. They were really mm. quite good. They honestly were. They were much better than the Gibson guys that came out to demo those shit guitars. Yeah. And it, and they did well. So I would not be surprised if, you know, that did better for for folks, mm-hmm. you know. Well, yeah. And, uh, like, 12 Foot Ninja must be doing okay if Line 6 is working with them to make him a guitar and stuff. Yeah. And it basically was like an update to the whole Variac system. Right. Because the software was a huge update, too. And uh, they basically dev- showed it off with his guitar. It's right. also way more metal looking if you're looking for that kind of thing. Oh, really? Um, yeah. No, it, it's it looks like. So this is a departure from, by the way, for people that don't know about the original Variaxes, they had strat bodies. Yeah. And then they started to introduce like pure black versions of it that looked a bit more ESP rigid yeah, in their cutaways. Ugly ass guitars. Like, they also just like they basically took. Rondo Music's SX strats looked better than them. Like, they honestly were, like, uh, going to Walmart and buying, like, a f- not even a first act. They looked better. The bodies just looked like they were $100 toys. And they were heavy because, I mean, you had to to have that much uh, electronics on deck. Oh, he's showing me a picture right now. Hold that's, on. That's what he looks like. That is sexy. That yeah, is sexy. So it's kind of cool. And that pickup is, like, you don't even use that because... Wait, what is it? Because, I don't know, it, there's a pickup in it, but, like, you mostly... Use the, it uses piezo pickups in the bridge saddles. And that's what it uses for all really? the Variac stuff. Yeah. Mm. And it works because... Uh, but, the, but that's the point. Like, it's super... Can it's you use them in conjunction modeling. with one another? Yeah, but it's, like, just a random, regular pickup. I imagine has, you could stereo out, like, each pickup, right? Yeah, but it's almost not worth it. Like, the whole point is that the whole Variax thing, you're basically faking everything, is the deal. Right. But the piezo uh, pickups track better because uh, you're basically tracking. It's kind of like, you know, like the uh, the synth guitars. Uh, in a lot of ways, it's similar in that it's kind of like that kind of you're tracking what you're playing, but you're not using the actual like an actual uh, like magnetic pickup picking up the vibrations. You're using right. piezo pickups picking up the vibrations. Um, and then turning that, modeling both the guitar and the amp mm-hmm. and everything, and changing the tuning and all that stuff. Short digression before a mm-hmm. question. I will bring up this video later when we're eating. So, you know what, people listening, this is just not for you. But maybe <laughs> you want to check this out because I only got so far into it. Joe Satriani. Let's try that again. Uh, 
This has been brought to you by Johnny Walker Ray. <laughs> um, Joe Satriani gifted Brendan Small. That's why I immediately clicked on this video, by the way. It was oh, Brendan yeah, yeah. Small of, of, of Death Clock, Metalocalypse, mm. and Joe Satriani sitting down, you know? And the, the previous video I'd ever seen of Joe Satriani, because he's been gone on my radar for forever, was they don't know how broke I am. I'm like, wow, mm. that sucks. So mm. the next one I see today is... Joe Satriani and Brendan Small. I'm like, that's fucking cool. I'm going <laughs> to click on that. And he's like, so, um, yeah, I'm just dinging up all of Brendan Small's guitars. Wow, that's tuned low. And I'm like, oh, Joe. <laughs> Good God. And then Joe Satriani gifts him this Ibanez, one of his, mm. what I like to call the Dildos Guitars cutaways. Oh, yeah. Because the cutaways are like, they're very phallic <laughs> on either side. Um, and then he said, you know, I don't use your guitar on stage and I don't use it a lot because you were right. I'm staying away from these magnetic pickups now, you know, blah, blah, blah. They sound so good or whatever. Um, we should watch that later because yeah. I've not seen the whole thing. Mm. And I would recommend everyone checking out any video that has Brendan Small in it <laughs> plus Joe Satriani because people would think, oh, wow, Brendan Small is automatically cooler. No, in my opinion, Joe Satriani is that much cooler now because Brendan Small was next oh, to him. Oh, man, yeah. Well, I, I watched the, uh, was it like G3 or something like that? Yeah. Dude. It was like G6. Brendan. <laughs> like a lot of oh, dudes. there's so many jokes we can make there. Um, Brendan Small was like, uh, all right, guys, we're going to uh, blah, 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 blah. And so Brendan Small starts doing a monologue and chatting with the crowd. And this is what I love because he's a comedian. This is what's great. So they're starting to play Rogan in the free world. And he's like, all right, guys, bring it down. He tells Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, and Tosin Abassi to bring it down <laughs> so he can talk. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, he must have, like, Brendan's, like, getting serious. Probably because he's playing with his heroes. And then he's like, yeah, so I just found out I won this competition while I'm on stage, so I get paid to be here and I get this guitar <laughs> and it's toast and it's toast and I expect eight string lessons from you. Oh, Thank shit. you. And I'm like, he's just being such a dick. It's awesome. And then he sings and I've yet to pinpoint this on speakers because I was playing this on my iPhone. Mm. Brendan Small completely off pitch, galactically, pun intended, mm. horribly whenever the harmonies come in, mainly is like a half step off Ooh. singing Keep On Rocking In The Free World. Ugh. So when you hear E, 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 C, 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 B flat, is it? Or something like that. No, E, B, A, sorry, it's a one, five, four. Uh, you hear Keep On Rocking In The Free World. <laughs> and I'm like, oh uh. my God, who's screwing that up? And then I hear the high voice. I'm like, no, wait, that's Steve I doing the higher harmony, whatever it is, a fifth or whatever, probably the third. And you see Joe Satriani just kind of, and I was like, damn, <laughs> you sucked, dude. Yeah. But we'll watch that later. Massive yeah. digression. Um, um, but yeah, so yeah, so uh, 12 Foot Ninja, mm -hmm. it's that, uh, it's really obvious on the first album. Um, through the first album, they had the very X, but it could only really do like standard drop D, drop A. Um, and or and maybe like B, maybe like an you know. Uh, wait, I don't know if I could do. And B. that's the what was that the old with the variax. variax? So that, that was, was the modeling variax. with right. the piezo. So the new one, it can do a whole. It can do any tuning. You can set the strings to like any plus or minus. There's that fucking weird thing where you got to like 
push a button and then pick a note and then it will tune the string to like the note or whatever. Yeah, you I mean this isn't tuning. like that. This is all like there's software. Like you do, you can set this all up to oh. s- like have your Helix foot switch change the tuning and guitar model along with the amp stuff. Is Helix specifically for um, Axe Effects? Or? No, it's the Line 6. It's the Line 6. Oh, it's right. the Line 6 Axe Effects. Go ahead. You can see it. Cause, well, yeah, cause, Ma- I Matt's mean, face right now is really funny. He's like, ugh, yeah, well, cause, like, uh, I mean, sure, Line 6 like invented all that shit, but the, the Fractal stuff, they took it way further. Yeah. And then the Helix is kind of there like, as close as they can get to it. Um, but my thing is always like, the thing that people don't seem to get about Axe Effects versus Line 6, like Line 6, uh, they'll update stuff periodically, but it doesn't seem like it's like they'll do a big update once in a while. Mm. The Fractal Dude is like obsessively updating it constantly, and it is completely free. Like you don't need to upgrade. It's just they're constantly putting out new versions at a ridiculous rate, and every iteration is more and more accurate for whatever it's modeling. Like, it went from, like, you know, uh, modeling just 12AX7 preamp tubes mm-hmm. to, like, 12AX7 versus different types to now there are multiple types of 12AX7s in there. And that's just the preamp tubes. And so you can take whatever amp you're using that's based on the real amp, and you can swap out the two, you know... And there's not the only one who can do that now. There's that's kind of the that's where everything is going. They're modeling, instead of just kind of approximating the sound of an amp, it's like you're trying to really c- digitally copy the circuitry and get what it would sound like yeah. if you had that amp. And Fractal is just so good at that, and they're so constantly updating their shit. Um, it's just there's I just think there's no contest, and so you can still get really good sounds with like the Helix and stuff, and um, you know, it's a perfectly good unit. Just to me, it's like if you're gonna be like that versus fractal, I'm like, yeah, get the fucking fractal. Like yeah. if you're, you know, um, and and now the Axe Eight, the like floorboard version, like all in one of the fractal which is cheaper. Have. Which I ha- of course I have <laughs> is cheaper than the Helix. Now, I mean, really, there's a, there's a cheap version of the Helix now too, which I don't know really the compare. I don't, I don't know how you compare them exactly. But you could probably but, safely assume. Yeah, but the point is the the full, um, I don't know what's even like stripped down on the cheaper Helix, but the um, the regular Helix versus the X8, the X8 is cheaper, and uh, it's just I don't, it's it's so good. But anyway, but it's, um, by the way, th- this past like. 15 minutes has been solely for guitar nerds right. and guitar totally musicians. The, anyway, the point is... 12 um, Foot Ninja. <laughs> the point is 12 Foot Ninja's second album, it sounds better because the Line stu- 6 stuff that he's using is a whole new generation that they developed somewhat with him yeah. and also just like that was what they were working on. So he uses it to really full effect. Like he'll he'll switch between like... Uh, I, I really wanted to make like a joke video as a response to a video he made because he, he demonstrates uh, using the Helix foot switch to switch between like it's a six string guitar and he'll switch between like six string standard to seven string standard to eight string. He's just dropping it in like another fourth each patch. And, I'm, and I want to make a video where I'm like, here's how you can also do that. And I have an eight string guitar and I go standard B F sharp, right? You just do it by having the extra strings, and then you don't have to switch anything. Like, you should, I mean, uh, I know that's uh, his whole point is that I don't have <laughs> to do that shit. But I'm like, 
or you could just play an eight string like a like a grown up. Or something, you know, you, like, I just want to make some condescending you know what, bullshit about. You know what would like, be really awesome is when you push the pedal board. And then I don't know what this is considered in video editing, where it edits and the guitar just disappears from your hand, and it yeah. becomes a seven string. <laughs> and you're like, and this one makes it an eight string. You push it, and then it just appears as an eight yeah. string. Yeah, like, it even changes the body shape of the guitar and the <laughs> brand. Yeah. Um. So a twelve foot ninja is gen adjacent. Are there any others? Um. Okay. So yeah. So what uh, would you, well. So like. Okay. So aside of the like I really form. Got Got, did, didn't get far at all listing them. So let me see if I yeah. can like, think of. So there's 12 Foot Ninja. Um, there's Ladder Math, who. Never, uh, ever even heard. You haven't heard of them because they're very new and small, and uh, and we know them. That's why we heard. We know. Because oh. uh, Rich went to Berkeley with uh, the guitar. One of the guitar players, Ben Cohen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So, um, but they. I, I don't know if they've been around. I think they had an older album. I don't know if they... Or maybe they didn't put it out. I don't know. But the point is, uh, Rich told me about them before, but I don't know if they had anything out. They have an album out now. It's very much gent to gent. Like, basically, we had this whole joke where they were like, we're not really a gent band. And we're like, you a gent band, but you also made, like, one of the best gent records yet. Like... It's in it, you guys' opinion. That's saying a right, lot. That's right. Saying a lot. It's it's right. And, and keep in mind, Rich like, Rich, is the guy who tells his friends when he doesn't like their new album. Okay. So like, um, really another, another example is uh, they're they're not so. Uh, in, in, for comparison's sake. Um, comparisons. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry. Compar- I had to. For compa- compa- for Good guitars. <laughs> Uh, so like another uh, band we know, they're they're from uh, Lettermaths from Boston, uh, okay, because of Berkeley, and we also uh, Rich also knows this other band, Protean Collective, and uh, the guitar player and singer slash also guitar player they, uh, Graham and Steph, they also went to Berkeley. I think they all went to Berkeley at the same time. So basically, those are two like partially Berkeley bands, but Protean Collective. Um, they're more prog and they're not really, I mean, they've got like, so they're not so much the doing the genty thing, but uh, the point was their first album, Rich really didn't like, and he really told them that, but their second album came out and he was like, it's one of the best albums of the year and it's really, really good. It's way better than your last album. And he told them that, you know, and like very clear. So it's like, so you know that he means it for sure because he, was had no problem telling you that he thought the first one sucked. Uh, so similar to that, yeah, he's like Ladder Math is really good. It's like the he was when he first heard it because he heard it before that he released it. Mm-hmm. He was like, it's one of the best Gent albums I've heard. Even though they keep insisting they're not a Gent band, and so it finally came out, and I was like, yeah, well, because they're you know it's it's kind of prog too. Like there's a certain kind of like Tesseract and uh, even Periphery. You know, there's enough mixing of stuff. It's like some people will kind of call them prog. And some people call them gender project. You know, it's it's all kind of in that same area. But the point is that any modern uh, prog band that seems to be doing well seems to be gravitating towards the gentiness because. So another good example of that. Uh, not that I'm I'm not an into them as much, but I don't know if you've heard of Haken. No, they they are very much the old style of prog like Dream Theater Prague and even kind of like 
earlier, lighter prog. A lot of uh, like, you know, like yes kind of stuff. A little bit like they're they've they started off completely Dream Theater clone. Okay, um, and more recently they've moved into eight string guitars. Right, and it's not super genty, but eight string guitars with any kind of dun 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 dun. dun. Even if they're trying to be proggy, if on an eight string guitar, it starts to sound like jet. Cause, cause prog used to do that before there were, you know what I mean? Like the whole like, uh, staccato odd rhythm part has been around, you know, it's been around since like seventies prog rock. Rush. Yeah. Yeah. Even, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Totally. Um, and so, uh, you know, so that's been, you know, so that's kind of, so in a sense, Haken is, um, they're doing well with like the prog scene is the point. And they're a little closer to like normal prog metal, but they've gone eight string and they've gotten a little genty in order. I think, I mean, the point is it's working for them. Um, and another example is Voyager, who is an Australian prog metal band who their newest album is suddenly also gent adjacent, but I don't know if it's on purpose or if it's just the fact that they tuned to the appropriate tuning because even before they had the lower seven strings and the guy got like aftermath pickups, they still had that like gent, 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 but like the, again, the classic prog way. Is, and is gent adjacent something that you have coined or you've heard? I mean, I started saying it before I heard anyone. I've heard because, other people because say Because I it. think that a good point you're making here, whether you're trying to or not, is that the more uh, the bands that are developing from this now, um, and this is not what we've talked about before, where we're like stupid insignificant sub, uh, subbing out a subgenre. Right. You know what I mean? Um, is that they're prog bands that are now either adhering to gent whether they intended or mm. not, or gent bands that are adhering more to prog. Right, right. It's it's like per- periphery's good songs, and you know what? There's one. I'll I'll add to that gent adjacent band, and I would highly recommend everyone check them out. And I'll be brutally honest as well, but I also have to be fair to them. Um, I saw a video for a band called Pangea. Pangea. Mm. Uh, I am probably bumming that up. Pangea was the large man- landmass that was Earth yeah. before it split into La Rassia and Gondwana land. I was a total dinosaur nerd when I was a kid. <laughs> yes, you can tell. Make fun of me. Go for it. Um, but they, I saw them on like a Gent World video and I saw this bassist and this two guitarists and you immediately knew that they all went to cla- to play classical guitar together because you saw their their like footstools up uh. <laughs> but it was this instrumentation of this longer song and it was a story you know it, it indulged in prog and gent and it was on gent world whatever on youtube and i was like mm. damn these guys are great and then i listened to them more and then i saw that they had a web series called evan and trey doing the riffs mm. the whole little intro evan and trey they're doing the riffs oh, squeeze nice. <laughs> and then they would do every everything from old school Metallica, Meshuggah to Slipknot to they wouldn't go down the new metal realm. It would have to be more metal mm. to like Periphery to Testament to everything. Huh. They like non. They were not bothered by like, I suppose like common misconceptions of the band. You know they they I, they. I don't want to say they did a Limp Bizkit riff at one point but they may have for a laugh but like they've got eight strings they play all like testament everything tesseract mm. 
and they're on like episode 127 but they oh, only wow. do a minute and a half which oh. is what's really catchy about it. Yeah. But in the beginning, like they've done Welcome Home, Coin Cambria, metal, just mm. fucking metal, like we were talking about. Um, and then they've done a couple of full songs, like way back in the day, but come on. They've got a great intro. It's hilarious. One of them falls off of a skateboard with his King V. Jackson, you know, and then they really, really accurately. Uh, with feeling play these covers so I looked them up and then I saw them touring and then I saw their singer and I think their singer played keys and I didn't like it mm. I didn't like so it. the original stuff didn't hold up no the original stuff did I heard them do instrumentals mm. of it kind of like in a, the beginnings of periphery oh, and, but yeah, then yeah. I think I may have like that may have been a don't take that to the grave for me because I think he might be a good vocalist and whatever mm. but then the uh, the guitarist and the bassist they would all sing backup but the uh, harsh vocals were done by the keyboard player. Um, I think I need to go back and revisit them again, but I love them. Mm. Definitely Gent and Jason, where they use prog uh, and Gent. Mm. And just, you know, melodic metal in general. Yeah. Not to be confused with symphonic in any mm. way. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> there's one for you to check out. Yeah. I need to get back into Definitely. them. Definitely. Yeah. And um, so, so, right. That's I think that's where things are, is that the initial wave of dumb Gent bands that only do one or two things mm -hmm. i think that's kind of ending which is good yeah and what we're seeing is the replacement which is integrating the good parts of it with other stuff you make actual music with yes it. yes so that's why it's like i don't think jen's dead but i think it's actually improved in a way the forefathers like metallica and megadeth and and slayer will always be there yeah and in this case it would be mashuga tesseract periphery and you know uh who's the fourth one that you said maybe the contortionist I uh, you put them in a lower level. Well, they're better than monuments, right? But monuments you immediately put in a lower level, right? Um, there was someone else, probably. Probably, we'll go back and listen to it. I don't actually listen to them, but um, that's cool. Yeah. We started off talking about nothing, and <laughs> we talked about a lot of shit. Yeah. Well, so uh, I think um, uh, Jen's not dead, guys. It's just taking on the next form. Yeah. Um, and I think people are really quick to be like, "Oh, I think that's over." And I'm like, "No, no. it's just he's just taking on a new a new shape." Yeah, watch G six and watch Tosin Abasi <laughs> because uh, yeah, just watch it. I'm not even oh, gonna, yeah, I'm yeah. not even going to say. Yeah, so no, some I things happened that I was like, "Oh, that whole sequence where you go to the solos is hilarious." Dude, when they're trading solos. You know, so you watch that? I watched. Well, I went to the. The part you said because ten thirty. Yeah. Well, so what was awesome? What, did you just go straight to it? I did, but then I backed up, and the stuff before it is really. That's the whole point. I went when they were trading like four bars or like yes. four, like a measure each. Did you go back through the whole thing? No, I didn't watch the whole so thing. So when you start off, you see Brandon like shaking his head at himself, like a classical musician, like now nah, that sucked. And you're like, yeah, Brandon, you could have done better. But you know, he's never he's critical of himself and would never expect uh, you know accept anyone else's critique. He'd be mm -hmm. like, no, I knew that. Fuck you. Yeah. Which is what I love about him, but they all start to go through it, and you can tell in the first two minutes. Like even Tosin, to be honest, dude, mm. you're like, you guys are warming up. Well, I hate, I've hate, I always hated the jams at the end of G3s because it's always, it's always rocking in the free world for one fucking thing every yeah. fucking time. No, and then very honestly, I was sick a, of it. <laughs> there's a few other similar, like uh, they'll do Zappa, my guitar wants to kill your mama. And a few other ones, but it's always some. Simple I want that song to burn in hell because we worked at Samash. <laughs> yeah, well, it's always my guitar wants to <laughs> shut up. Yeah, it's always 
Yeah, and so it's always some simple-ass blues song, and then they fucking, like, wank over it. And, of course, it doesn't sound, like, appropriate. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Especially when they're touring with, like, Yngwie, rocking the free world with Yngwie, and he's like... Yeah. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, when Tosin was starting to be like... scale does not yeah, work. When, when, when they went through and Tosin, like, actually did his, like, thumping kind of thing, it was like... That was, the, that was one of the better parts. But it didn't, it didn't make any sense. No, it didn't and I was like, sense. get the fuck out of here. Well, you, you, you know what? You need to go back to the beginning of it. Again, yeah. I'll say that the first he does two a minutes, sweep one too, where it's like it's like me doing that sweeps at the last open mic. It was like, <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? Hey like, guys, Folsom Prison Blues experiment. How, how many how many sweeps, sweeps can, can you do? fit over this? Yeah, I, you you gotta you gotta go through that and listen to the whole thing because I I was about ready to turn mm. it off when the wankery started to get good and they were really doing a great thing. And at ten thirty, I didn't need to watch anymore because the moment Brendan Small played what he played, which we're not gonna name. Mm. And none of the guys laughed. Yeah. I was like, fuck you, Steve Fye. Fuck you, Joe Satriani. Yeah. They didn't pan the the, the, the camera to, to Tosin. Mm. Who was the guy on the far right? Is that who Marcel was commenting on? Chugging eighth notes? He was really good. Oh, the bass player. No, um, the guitar player. Oh. oh. The old dude. Why don't I know who this is? Feel like I should know. I had no idea who he was. Uh, I also just saw the price tag on that twelve foot ninja guitar. <laughs> like, nah, yeah, fourteen hundred my arse. It kind of looks like David Gilmore, to be honest. There oh, he is. it's Mike Keneally. Is that who? Yeah, um, yeah. Marcel was coming on. No, I thought he was talking about the bass player, but uh, um, it's pro- possible. Maybe. Um, but but Mike Keneally is he played with Frank Zappa. And then he kind of has his own band, Beer for Dolphins. Uh, Beer Brian for Do- Brian Beller, who also plays with Death Clock, the bass player. Oh, it was Brian Beller, oh! the bass player. That's who he was commenting on. He's the one that plays for Death Clock. He plays for Death Dude, Clock. Dude, I watched a video of him to, to do the the like the two fingered, you know. Yeah, and Mike, Mike Keneally, I think, is also like the other guitar player. He for is. Death Clock. Oh, he's. I mean, he's played with a ton of people. He also he's toured with like. Vi before he's really good at both keyboard and guitar and so he was one of i think the first dudes who did like a i'm gonna play a solo on guitar and keyboard at the same time kind of thing wow um yeah he's like uh but right he's not a flashy guy and so you're like who's he plays who's dad he plays, is playing honestly, he plays first of all i thought he was a guy that won a competition guitar <laughs> competition for sam yeah, actually got to looks- sit in and then the second <laughs> yeah. thought was why is he playing more relevant shit than any of the <laughs> other guys that yeah. i know up there i know the other four guys no he's really good i i like i briefly got into his stuff in college and it's uh because it's weird some of it is a little zappa like and uh but yeah. But you know, unfortunately, if you look like David Gilmore's brother, right, you might not be as popular as Tosin Abbasi <laughs> and his, you know. Yeah, well, and he's not as he's not super flashy, but he's really good. He and he plays things that are relevant though yeah. to what the song was. Oh yeah, definitely. But still was able to venture into the realms of quote unquote shred. Mm. You know, he could. He was awesome. Yeah, his technique, his tone. You know, that's like comparing Ruslan Isakov, a guy we used to work with, to like mm. some of the other fast playing guitarists. He was one of my favorites because you could hear every note. Oh yeah! Shout out to Ruslan yeah. Isakov. How many how many podcasts have I been on where I've given a shout out to Ruslan? A few. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Jen's not dead, kids. Yeah. Well, so uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of what else has been new and interesting with that. Oh, I know. Well, we did this whole we we talked on another episode, me and Rich, about 
we we watched a bunch of stuff from like rap gent bands. So it's already come around no. to like the new no. the new metal equivalent no. for gent. Oh, it's it's already happened and it's already a thing and there's Please multiple don't. bands. Please That's don't. the thing. The eight strings have like been distributed. So like there's <sighs> a lot of Shit. new pseudo gent stuff that's not really gent but is kind of like genting. Oh, oh. Oh man, we got a this is going to be mm. I can't play it but we'll it'll it'll be on another episode but a similar thing that Eric sent us the other night um maybe I shouldn't mention it. I don't want to ruin it but it won't it won't ruin Don't it. ruin it tell me after. Okay, I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. You know what I love about podcasts and like let's plays and things is mm. when they're like oh no 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 don't 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 tell me later. Yeah. And they leave it in and you're like I really like, want to know. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. I'm going to listen to all your other episodes. I just want everyone to know we're going to listen to so much cool shit after <laughs> this on YouTube. Yeah. I'm going to cook a um, sweet dinner. All right. So what else? There's got to be some other. I've been solidly like in place with the, with the gent bands I've listened to. But I, you know, it's really good to talk to other people about it and not in a, a shitty negative way where like you know oh yeah monuments just didn't click it for me mm. like i i bought that album i bought it yeah um and when i say that album i'm not even gonna name it because i don't remember what it's called right. pa- Paganagadasis, the one with the like the weird face on it or whatever um okay. that looks ethereal but um uh, there was like two songs on it that I thought were really good, but it was just so drum heavy in the mix. Mm. Um, but again, it's for me. I just listen to Periphery, Tesseract every now and again because it just sounds like a giant four-hour movie that my butt's gonna hurt. You know, mm. sitting down for too long in the theater. So there's only certain things I can get through, unless it can be that great background music while I'm concentrating on something else. Yeah, well, that's my thing with Tesseract. Too much of it sounds like background music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a movie, which, again, they took the name Tesseract, so go figure. Yeah. But uh, I definitely need to get into some more of these gen adjacents. Again, I would recommend Pangea. Pangea. Yeah, I would definitely recommend checking out the new Ladder Math album. It's on Spotify. And 12 Foot Ninja, would you recommend that? Oh, I would recommend the fuck out of 12 Foot Ninja. I like them so much cuz yeah. it's they have the Z- songwriting. I've never heard you say that before. They have the mel- they have the like mel- like when they do like melodic vocal parts, like it's uh they write good hooks, but it's not super predictable. So it's it's a good blend of like you know, you got your gentiness and stuff and then you've got basically just you know songs you could sing along to or whatever kind of thing so it's got yeah it's got that like people might call it like a poppy element but it's really more just like there's accessible melodies and there's accessible you need it right and because they do this thing where they every every clean part is like a maybe a different style you know unexpected shifts between two different styles of music is is kind of part of their thing um and uh, so part of that is that you get the like heavy genty parts, but yeah, you're not just stuck in like pointless gent land is the the point. And like that was the thing where a lot of stuff I saw, especially the earlier times I saw Periphery, other bands that were playing with them. Well, Monuments for one was one of them, but there have been other ones like uh, this one time there was this band called uh, Intronaut. Uh, they were one of these sort of instrumental gents with no melodies. So it's just like 
a band genting and the opener of that show was somebody called cloud kicker who is just some dude on the internet who just like makes his tracks and posts them but like there was enough interest for him to like open this tour but he doesn't have a backing band so intro not was his backing band so the first set was this dude and Intronaut being his backing band, every song was like a kind of... Gen- it wasn't even really genty. It A little bit of the like, you know, polyrhythmic feel of genting. It was enough to piss you off if it you would, wanted so, it so to like, be that. He would play like a... It'd be like a groove, right? Okay. A groove is not... Because it was like six strings. It was probably in, in drop C or like open C or something. Drop C being the dumbest of all tunings. And really, you think so? I think so. I have a very and here's I have a full a thing about it now, which is uh, it's dumber than open C, because open C or standard C, no drop C, open C is when you is like double drop, right? It's when you have C C and yeah, like at least three C's. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Who the fuck plays metal in open C? Oh, everybody. Periphery uses it. Um, Devin Townsend, he, he's oh. God, I got questions. Are they why he sucks now? Because that's part. Because I of think the that's Devin part Townsend of project. You don't like it. Yeah, well, here's the thing. All of his stuff um, over the last few years has kind of all sounded the same, and I think it's partially that he's run out ideas because everything he does is in that same tuning or a variation on it. Even when he goes to seven strings. So his six strings are like, uh, it's like G, C, G or something like that. Um, I think that's right. Yeah, because instead of, instead of D, A, D, instead of like dad, gad, it's C, G, C, and then another C. And uh, when he goes to seven string, it's like G, C, G, C. So it's like the same kind of double the the notes as many times as possible kind of tuning. And so as a result, he can do these like three octave octaves, but then he just does that all the time and he's been doing it for a decade. So it, it's like, he, uh, maybe use a different tuning now. Cause I like n- you've learned out of shit you can do. Yeah. And there's only so many ways you can play things because it makes certain things really easy, but then you Limits can't you on other do shit, other yeah. things at all. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, I feel like that's a big... So my, part of my thing, though, is that I, I I think I call drop C the dumbest of all tunings because if you go as far as like the open C with the extra redundant notes, it's like at least you know that you're doing that and you're doing it because you know that you then can do all these simple shapes and move octaves around but drop c like you're not even using those three high strings most of the time probably so you don't even know about those relationships because you're just like just don't go i can play with one finger right so that's why i think drop c is the dumbest of all tunings is most bands Mm -hmm. that are using just straight up drop c there's a lot i think there's a lot of bands are playing straight up drop c and and it's dumb Open C isn't, or not open C, but standard C. Like, standard C, yeah. Isn't dumb at all. And it's I, I like, a lot I like open, I, I, I've never, so the vast majority of the music that I have to play with, groups that I play with and whatnot, you know, if I'm ever doing an open tuning, it's because open G became like the first tuning that I fucked with on all the mm. instruments that are, I, you know, I play open G on a, whatever guitar I put it in. 
whether it's acoustic or electric, you know, depending on what electric I put it in. And then I have two cigar box guitars, one of them which is, you know, um, 1513 in open G. Mm. So the the root, the fifth, the root, and then the oct- uh, the, the major third. Um, and then the other cigar box I have, which was a handmade by a friend for me, is just a 151, no major third. Mm. Um, he had it in like uh, A sharp or something when I got it and I put it into G because I could tolerate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did honestly did not know. I knew the periphery used a bunch of weird tunings, but it, the thing is that when I listened to, I used to when I listened to so much metalcore like nine, ten years ago, I would try and play it and I learned a lot of techniques playing. And I would play, mm-hmm. uh, when I first got my first decent electric guitar because I was, I'm a massive Queens of the Stone Age fan, I took my Walmart $99 first ad guitar and I put 12s on it. <laughs> I'd said to my mum, string this for me. I don't know how to string it. She's like, sure. And then I'm running into the room and then she's like, Jamie, won't tune up to E? And I'm like, well, stop! <laughs> like, oh. The neck is like, <laughs> so I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. There's a reason why. But, you know, dumbass me didn't explain that. Like, mm. don't tune it up for me, please. Um, but then when I would listen to a lot of metalcore, they were all in standard C. It was August Burns, Red, uh, sorry, Drop C, August Burns, right. Red, Kill Switch, Engage, yeah, exactly, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, in Flames, bands I didn't listen to, and I, I still like that tuning. I just don't play in it anymore. Yeah. But I'm about to tune a guitar to it. Mm-hmm. I just retune my Explorer, like I said, to C, standard C, and I'm like, yay! But I honestly didn't know that people used open tunings in metal uh, as frequently. Well, more recently, and I think Devin Townsend started it to some degree because he's been doing that a long time. He's been well, using those kind of tunings a lot, and he's not the only one. But seven he's, seven he's done strings a lot. never came to be a metal thing until Vi used the universes, and then bands like Queens of the Stone Age, Caius before uh, Caius would just down tune as low as they could mm. with whatever gauge they could before it got floppy. Uh, and then bands like Korn came around with the seven string yeah. and that became more predominantly used. Right. Well, and, you know, like Dream Theater, uh, John Petrucci. Oh, this is kind of interesting. So John Petrucci got a, a, a Vi universe. Like, he was like one of the first guys to get one because he got one from Vi. Right. Or maybe from Ibanez or whatever. You know, the point is he got like a direct, before it was even like a production model. Or so, maybe there was I don't know maybe it's a production model but they they got him one he recently recounted the story because he got it like right when they were recording Awake and so he immediately was just like what do I do with the seventh string all right and he immediately wrote the first thing that came to mind like it makes sense because some of the riffs on it were like if you had never seen a seven string before and you're used to playing a six string and you're in a metal band and you're like what do I do with the seven string that's what you would do with it yeah now, if, and if you had it being John Petrucci it's exactly what you do with it because like like the song Lie is just such a like. What, what, how, it's just a, like a just this a, is Floyded, right? Yeah. Okay. But it's just a sta- you know a regular metal riff, but on a seven string, and the solo, he of course has to play all of the strings, right? He starts <laughs> at the, he starts at the bottom. And he does this whole like <laughs> he goes all the way up kind of deal. Yeah. Because he's John Petrucci, and seven strings are new, and I'm gonna play all of them, right? So this and, and I was like, yeah, let me get one of those. I'm gonna play all of them too. And then like when I was in Mirror Black. Uh, our drummer Raven would go around and brag to people that we played seven strings. Like he'd be like, "Hey, is Maddie's my band? We got two really good shredded guitars, and they both play seven strings. And well, like some of these guys, they play all of them. They play all of the strings. They use all of them." And I'd be like, <laughs> yes, we play all of the notes. Um, <laughs> like something I wouldn't say out loud a lot. So, so here's the funny thing. So Petrucci recently said that he's going to finally get an eight string. 
Because when, when you say Petrucci said, it sounds like a biblical reading. <laughs> Not because of you worshiping right. Petrucci, but you're like, Petrucci, what? You're like, Isaiah, the prophet Petrucci <laughs> once so, said. Well, okay, so. <laughs> um. Up until a certain point, you know, so he was, he got on the seven strings early, and in the early 2000s, he messed around with some weird, like, baritone guitars and shit. Right. But he hasn't touched eight strings, and apparently, he hasn't, he claims he hasn't played one, or he, he hasn't owned one, or played one, and so it's totally, he still hasn't fucked with it at all. Do you think he's doing this just to fuck with kids with heads, like, No, but on. he, well, he's def, I mean, there's definitely an element of, like, and now I shall address the eight string, right? I well, which I get, but the fact is, like, you should have done it five years ago because that's what I did. I was like, it's about time I figured out what this eight string shit is about. Yeah. And but here's what's funny is like, so he posted this and he posted that um, Ernie Ball's you know working on an eight string for him, and basically he doesn't know when it's going to be ready, but when it is, he wants to do the same thing with it. He wants to like receive it. And immediately be in the studio and see what receive, comes out. Receive it. He wishes to receive right. it. Right. Well, here, here's the thing. So, like, the point is, when he did that in the '90s with the seven string, nobody had them, so it made sense. You could do anything, and it would sound new. Eight strings have been around now, and everybody has them. And he's going to be like, "I'm a bit of eight It's like, you should like. So the whole approach doesn't make as much sense because it's not like because like he could do something that he like he could. Um, it's very possible he could make one sound like shit because because the way his tone has been going is kind of the opposite. <laughs> I see where this is going. It's the opposite of where Gent's tone has been going. Right, and so right. if he doesn't sort of EQ it right, it right. could sound really shitty. You think he'd be that bad with it? I mean, I don't think it's that likely. I don't. But at the same time, I don't like the, where, like the last few albums and uh, just the way his tone has been going. Like I don't. I, I, it's not. It's I mean, not he, he 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 writes stuff and then he hands it off to the rest of Dream Theater. I've never mm. ever been a dude that listens to Dream Theater, not by choice, mm. just haven't. And I do understand and I agree with and I really enjoy the concept of here's another instrument, here's what you're writing now. Mm. Kurt Cobain did it. Um, you know, uh, Chris Novoselic talked about it. He said every time I go to a pawn shop and I found a lefty, I'd hand it to him and then there'd be a new album. Um, Every time I've picked up a new tuning, whether even whether it's relative to to another, but you know, it's just dropped down in you know the equal increments. Yeah, I I immediately start playing differently. You know, right? Well, no, and it's uh, like that comment I put up online where I I said I tuned my Explorer to standard C. I was tired of not having a guitar in that, and Marcel had said something blah 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 blah, and I was like. I know he already knows this. I just had to say it. I was like, well, no, the tone, the timbre is different. It's not the same when you have like a six string in that. Yeah. You know, if I was to tune a guitar to standard B, it would be different than having a seven string. Yeah. It just would be different. Yeah. You would play it differently. However, I like, because you know John Petrucci more, that you're saying like, that doesn't make sense and he might fuck this up. Well, because right, because the thing is like, that that approach makes sense except it's funny to me because it's so late in the game. Oh, yeah. And it's well, partially... When, when first he was... Well, first he was first, and now he shall be last. Right. Well, that's part, <laughs> right, right. That's why it's so weird. It's like... And he's like... And I'm sure everyone's super excited. I'm sure all the guitars are like, oh, my God. <laughs> but I was like, why didn't you do that several years ago? And 
like you know instead of the astonishing i mean granted i don't know you've seen that youtube video where he like eye laser absorbs the thing <laughs> yeah that's what he wanted to do with all the eight string right music. part of it is that i feel like part of it is me going like too late motherfucker because <laughs> because i personally uh did this started doing this process like three years ago right. right i was like i'm gonna get an eight string figure out what the fuck is up now i recently like finally got the eight string i'm happy with oh it but, looks gorgeous but, but the best part is not only does it look and sound great i already have shit written for it because i was writing on them other eights and they didn't quite sound right or them feel right other eights i don't think they would appreciate you talking about well them. i'm not gonna talk about them they don't deserve it or i'll do a separate thing on them at some <laughs> at some point i'm gonna do a thing on them but i need to finish selling them first so yeah, know, you're like, oh. like this is a piece of shit you want to buy it <laughs> like uh but but the fact is i got used to playing them and i wrote stuff and so part of me is like too late jabashuchi like let's see what the fuck you wrote on a string it's gonna be garbage like <laughs> i don't know it's part of me just being like so also like i don't know if you saw my post about that the tenacious d song dio you know the Tenacious D song Dio, right? Oh, Dio I, yeah. to, I, to I, rock, no more rocking for don't, you. Don't don't quote that to me. Well, no, but part of, <laughs> part of my thing about it was that it was. Oh, I did see that. You said that yeah, about Petrucci. It was never true. Is the thing is Dio never got too old to rock. But Petrucci, I'm lately, well, I want to be like. You don't want to hear Dream Theater from like the '90s being played on an eight-string. You know where he says he's gonna, yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, there's a lot of the last album was like you know excessively long double album of Disney music, basically. Uh, again, the last album is so bad. So oh, I mean that 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 bad. was universal. I did see you so when that bad. came out. I saw yeah. you lose your shit about it. Yeah, but at the same time, I also saw a uh, um, uh, massive like shit talk on that album yeah it's interesting because when it came out the prog scene there are a lot of people who are like oh so good but then lately i see more and more of the opposite i see more and more people just coming out of nowhere to be like as long as they don't play anything off the astonishing what a piece of crap i'm like yeah no shit mm. like but like the the reviews because like all the prog sites that write like reviews seem to be the fucking prog dorks who like all the dumb whittly shit that doesn't make any sense but they can't tell the difference mm -hmm. between when it makes sense and doesn't make sense and so they're just like the new dream theory album comes out and they're like oh i did it again oh yeah oh my god oh it's double album it takes fucking five hours to listen to and fucking there's a it's like game of thrones and shit because <laughs> like yeah like they went for some kind of i mean the did we do an album about, or I mean, sorry, did we do an episode? I'm trying to remember if we did an episode about this album. We probably should have if we did not. Well, it would have been you and Rich. I don't know. Should yeah, but I'm trying to remember if I even did one because I listened to it. It's a bad sign on 60 episodes. I probably haven't, haven't done an episode on it, but maybe because I didn't know what to say other than it's bad. I mean, I'm sure I've said it on the, on the show. I just don't think we did an actual. Right episode about what a piece of crap it is because i didn't want to listen to it that was part of it i didn't want to do like a listen through it <laughs> a it's too fucking long oh. it's long as shit and i can't remember any songs from it but yeah so like i i mean this was always my interest of, in gent from the beginning is like cool take some of the cool genty stuff and then maybe put it in a song right which to some degree periphery does i just don't like the songs they write when they do it and i actually i mean 
their genty parts are okay, but it, that's the part I like about Periphery. It's just the rest of the parts, and then the singing, and the... Mm. And I watched a bunch of um, that live concert I found that had no, no singer and no bass player, although they <laughs> yeah. still had... The bass, the bass was just a track. Nolly's ghost. They're going to just, like, project Nolly down. <laughs> but it was, it was weird, because, like... Uh, yeah, there was. Um, I don't know. You were trying to find something good to say uh, about periphery, and then your soul kicked yeah, in. Yeah, and then I was like, <laughs> "Fuck periphery." I I still really love them. They they've changed a lot about my life musically. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, don't I know. never listened to Dream Theater or, or Rush. Maybe that's why <laughs> Prague never hit me um, until the last like five years. And now I, I'm obsessed with it, um, well, but not obsessed to the point of chasing other people's prog, but more just trying to embrace the laws of it. Yeah, well, I and and um, you know, part of the thing with prog is that there's a distinct line between progressive and prog, right? Like when, like prog rock started in the 70s it was that it was progressive and there was different stuff that wouldn't be considered prog by modern standards but it definitely was at the time and then because it was literally anything that was trying to like push the boundaries and push the limits and all that kind of shit mm. and then over time probably around the, the like 90s and 2000s when when more metal was combined with prog rock mostly through like Dream Theater, Fate's Warning, and Watchtower. Um, then bands started copying those styles, and then it kind of just became prog, which sounds like prog, which is like any kind of complicated uh, but melodic metal, but with like, you know, some weird time signatures and stuff, and really long songs, uh, and, you know, whittly bits. But, <laughs> but that's it. Like that's what the def. That's what like Prague is now, and that's why most of the, like new Prague bands a are bad, b are not progressive in any way. And so, uh, you know, it's not really like I said. Like the newest sort of successful Prague band is Haken, and for a long time they were just kind of Dream Theater clone, and now they're like. The way they got away from being a Dream Theater clone is by getting an eight string and being more genty. And so it, uh, John Petrucci honestly did people a favor because by not using eight strings for a long time, he avoided creating more clones. Yeah, yeah. He gave people a reason to not sound like Dream Theater. <laughs> um, well, this is the thing with like certain movements of, of you know, genre inspiring bollocks. Uh, Dream Theater is like a inspiring band that births guitarists that will create music like John Petrucci and Dream Theater. You know, same thing with Steve Vai and Joe Satriani. You know, I like, I'm, I'm massively moved by Joshua Homme of Queens of the Stone Age. And from day one, you know, you can take a song like Make It With You or like go back to Rated R and do, um, or the first uh, album, self-titled and do it if only, then go up to like no one knows, or um, feel good hit of the summer, nicotine, Valium, Vicodin, or a millionaire like really heavy standard sea tune shit, 
and then take like the recent hit that they've just released like the way you used to do and it's produced by fucking Mark Ronson (laughs) you know and it's booty shaking music it's fun it's poppy but Mm. there's never any specification for like just recycling the same bullshit and it's also not a case of okay uh, now we're going in a poppy direction it's Mm. never like that and it it still doesn't adhere to the whole thing of oh hi we're fishbone and we play all genres (laughs) Like, yeah. it's just non-genre specified, like, here's a fucking song, it's good, you know, it leans towards a heavier element, it doesn't lean towards a heavier element, it's darker, it's not as low-tuned, but it's still heavier, mm. sure. Um, I never really, I think in the beginning of, of me listening to, like, a lot of, let's just say contemporary music, outside of classical or whatever, or pop, uh, it never was, like, gunning down one like genre like Pantera it never was like that it was always musicians that did so many different things and I think that's probably why Gent is now going away to Gent adjacent as you're calling it music and becoming more accessible to people Mm. but at the same time to folks like us who like have appreciated Gent in its purest forms I'm sure if you want to say that it's now becoming better Mm. I think that's yeah, what's well, cool about it. Yeah, definitely. You don't spawn the same shit. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not dogging John Petrucci, but there's a reason why I probably haven't listened to Dream Theater well, before. And again, <laughs> even you know, part of the thing with John Petrucci is like he may or may not be able to tap into the gent thing because he may be too old to rock. No you know more what? rocking for him. You know what? Now I can understand where you're coming from. But with we'll that. take him to a home and we'll sing a song about him. <laughs> we'll make sure that he's very well taken care of. You'll tell us Your secrets that you've learned. learned. His sauce will mix with ours. I will make a good goulash, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, we can't say Johnny or Petrucci there no. after that. Doesn't well, at anymore. the beginning, um, you can say JP. JP has rocked for JP, a long, long time. time ago, you must give your cape and scepter to me. And a swallow and one for, for Jamie. Jamie. <laughs> yes. yes. All right, that was a great yes. podcast. Oh, we should do, it should be a gentrified <laughs> cover. Of, of Dio. Dio. And we'll change I it to Jamie. I just want one for Jamie. Yes. Is it nerdy to end it there? No, that's awesome, actually. <laughs> also, right. you notice how like my mic just peaked the shit? Yeah, we just peaked the fuck out of that. Um, that's fine, though. Uh, all right, let me just say, if anyone's still listening, uh, subscribe. Uh, if you're on, give us a like in way, wherever you are. And uh, give us some comments. Let us know what you think. Let us know if we missed any new up-and-coming gent or gent-adjacent bands.